0: Radio. Hello and welcome to Good House 1968. This is Brother White speaking. What I do is read and interpret from the Tanakh. It's the Hebrew Bible. I have a sermon tonight. It's about taking refuge in the Lord or taking refuge in good. So we're going to start off with that. It goes to say, taking refuge in good is a great form of protection. Do you know that we all need some form of protection? We need some form of protection. And to have the good protection of good or God is the greatest protection you can have. It says in Psalm sixty one verse three, says for you for for you, your good have been a refuge for me. The brother said, For you good have been a refuge for me. So he's letting good know that he's been a refuge for him, and this is as long as he's been uh, under the watchful eye of the Creator. It says in Psalm 61, verse 5, My soul wait in silence for God alone, because my hopes come from him. So this brother is letting us know that his hopes come from God alone, and he takes refuge in him in silence, because from him all things are. Okay, it goes to say at Psalms, verse 61, verse 7, My safety and honor rest on God, my strong rock and refuge are in God. So this brother here is letting us know that his refuge is in God alone, his strong rock as he calls him where he takes his rest, his honor and rest. It says in Proverbs, verse 23, verse 26, My son, give me your heart, let your eyes observe my ways. So by taking refuge in good, we adhere to his ways, meaning we obey the commandments given to us in the Tanakh. It says it's Proverbs 22, verse 20, I have written you worthwhile things full of good counsel and knowledge. This is what's in the Tanakh that he's ta- that good is talking about. Good counsel and knowledge. So with knowledge, remember, wisdom protects us. It's like a shield or armor against wickedness and unrighteous things. So remember that. It says that Luke, verse 20, verse 17, The very rock which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So here we're talking about Yeshua, Jesus Christ, where he was once rejected, but he became the cornerstone because people could take refuge in him and find salvation and eternal life. It says that uh, we have to realize that by taking refuge in good, we are not, being led astray by the blind. So we are not being led astray because it says that this scripture here, Luke verse six chapter six, verse thirty. Can the blind man lead another blind man, won't they both fall into a pit? So it's so Jesus or Yeshua is letting us know here that the blind can't lead the blind and if you take your refuge in men or wicked things, you're only it's only a blind man leading a blind man and you're both gonna wind up falling into a pit. So we want to go with the cornerstone of the one that was rejected But became the chief cornerstone and that's Yeshua. And by taking refuge in him we further learn that it leads to everlasting life. To those taking refuge in good, Luke Uh, chapter 8 verse 10 says to you it has been given to know the secret of the kingdom of God and by knowing the secret of the kingdom of God that is eternal life but the rest are taught in parables so that they may look but not see and listen but not understand so we don't want to be like those who listen and but don't understand or look but don't see How grateful should we be for good giving us the key to everlasting life, and that is to understand the Tanakh, because it leads to everlasting life. It says in John chapter 3, verse 13, no one has gone up into heaven, there is only the one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man, so that very one who trusts in him or take refuge in him may have eternal life. So we see here, by taking refuge in Yeshua and good, it gives us eternal life. So we see it's plainly stated from this scripture, we have to put our trust or take refuge in God for eternal life or good for eternal life. So what better way to take refuge but is to put which is to put our faith in the Lord of the dead and living. Because it says here, Romans 14, verse 9, Indeed it was for this very reason that the Messiah died and came back to life so that we he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. So wouldn't we want to take a uh, and put trust in someone who holds the key to powers like that, the dead and the living, that holds the powers of both the dead and the living. This is why we seek refuge and take refuge in Yeshua and in good. So, this is something to remember, brothers and sisters. We want to take refuge in the Lord because He is our shield, salvation, and deliverance. All right, now going to the reading. And I didn't open in prayer, so let me open in prayer real quick. Good, I petition you, brothers and sisters, and that they receive accurate knowledge. I pray to you for their trust to be built up in you and you alone and for you to deliver them and offer salvation to them. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. And we're at Shemot, or Exodus, chapter 25, and it goes to say, Good, said to Moshe, tell the people of Israel to take up a collection for me. Accept a contribution from anyone who wholeheartedly wants to give. The contribution you are to take from them is to consist of gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, fine linen goat's hair, tan, tan ram skins, and fine leather, Acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrance, and things. stones and other stones to be set for the vir- ritual vest and breastplate. They are to make me a sanctuary so that I may live among them. You are to make it according to everything I show you, the design of the tabernacle and the design of its furnishing. This is how you are to make it. They are to make an ark of acacia wood, three and three quarters feet long, two and a quarter feet wide, and two and a quarter feet high. You are to overlay it with pure gold, overlay it both inside and outside, and put a molding of gold around the top of it. Cast four gold rings for it and attach them to its four feet, two rings on each side. Make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark, and you will use them to carry the ark. The poles are to remain in the rings of the ark. They are not to be removed from it. Into the ark you are to put the testimony which I am about to give you. You are to make a cover for the ark out of pure gold. It is to be three and three-quarters feet long and two and a quarter feet wide. You are to make two crillum of gold. Make them of hammered work for the two ends of the arc cover. Make one cruella for one end and one cruella for the other end. Make the cruvum of one piece with the arc cover at its two ends. The cruella will have their wings spread out above so that their wings cover the arc, and their faces are toward each other toward the arc cover. You are to put the arc cover on top of the arc. Inside the ark you will put the testimony that I am about to give you. There I will meet with you. I will speak with you from above the ark cover, from between the two cribbim, which are on the ark, for the testimony, about all others I am giving you for the people of Israel." You are to make a table of acacia wood, three feet long, 18 inches wide, and 18 inches high. Overlay it with pure gold and put a molding of gold around the top of it. Make around it a rim of hand-breadth wide and put a molding of gold around the rim. Make four gold rings for it and attach the rings to the four corners near its four legs. The rings to hold the poles used to carry the table are to be placed close to the rim. Make the poles of acacia wood, overlay them with gold, and use them to carry the table. Make its dishes, pans, bowls, and pitchers of pure gold. On the table you are to place the bread of presence in my presence always. You are to make the mineral pure gold. It is to be made of hammered work. Its base, shaft, cups, rings of outer leaves and petals are to be of one piece with it. It is to have six branches extending from its sides, three branches of mineral on one side of it and three on the other. On one branch are to be three cups shaped like almond blossoms, each with a ring of outer leaves and petals. Likewise, on the opposite branch, three cups shaped like almond blossoms, each with a ring of outer leaves and petals. Similarly, for all six branches extending from the mineral, on the central shaft of the mineral are to be four cups shaped like almond blossoms, each with its ring of outer leaves and petals. Where each pair of branches join the central shaft is to be a ring of outer leaves of one piece with a pair of branches. Thus for all six branches, the rings of the outer leaves and their branches are to be of one piece with the shaft. Thus the whole mineral is to be a single piece of hammered work made of pure gold. Make seven lamps for the mineral and mount them so as to give light to the space in front of it. Its tongs and trays are to be of pure gold. The mineral and its utensils are to be made of 66 pounds of pure gold. See that you make them according to the design being shown on the mountain. You are to make the tabernacle with ten sheets of finely woven linen, with blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. You are to make them with cloven worked in that have been crafted by skilled artisans. Each one is to be 42 feet long and 6 feet wide. All the sheets are to be the same size. Five sheets are to be joined one to another, and the other five sheets are to be joined one to another. Make loops of blue on the edge of the outermost sheet in the first set, and do the same on the edge of the outermost sheet in the second set. Make fifty loops on one to one sheet and make fifty loops on the edge of the sheet in the second set. The loops are to be opposite one another. Make fifty fastens of gold and couple sheets to each other with the fasteners so that the tabernacle forms a single unit. You are to make sheets of goat's hair to be used as tent covering the tabernacle. Make eleven sheets. Each sheet is to be 45 feet long and 6 feet wide. All 11 sheets are to be the same size. Join 5 sheets together and 6 sheets together and fold the 6 sheet doubled at the front of the tent. Make 50 loops on the edge of the outer sheet in the first set and 50 loops on the edge of the outer sheet in the second set. Make 50 fasteners of bronze. Put the fasteners in the loops and join the tent together so that it forms a single unit. As for the overhanging part remain of the sheets forming the tent, the half-sheet remaining is to hang over the back of the tabernacle, and the eight inches of one side and the eighteen inches and the 18 inches of one side and the 18 inches of the other side of that remaining in length of the sheets forming the tennis to hang over the tabernacle to cover it on each side. You are to make a covering for the ten of tan ram skins and an outer to cover it on each side. You are to make a covering for the ten of tan ram skins. Okay, I've read that. Excuse me. Make... The upright planks for the tabernacle out of acacia wood. Each plank is to be 15 feet long and 2 and a quarter feet wide. There are to be two projections on each plank, and the planks are to be joined one to another. That is how you are to make all the planks for the tabernacle. Make the plank for the tabernacle as follows. 20 planks for the south side facing southward. Make 40 silver sockets under the 20 planks two sockets under one plank. For its two projections and two sockets under another plank, for its two projections. For the second side of the tabernacle to the north, make 20 planks, and there are 40 silver sockets, two sockets under one plank and two under another. For the rear part of the tabernacle toward the west, make six planks. For the corners of the tabernacle in the rear, make two planks. These are to be double from the bottom all the way to the top, but joined at a single ring. Do the same with both of them. They are to form the two corners. Thus, there will be eight planks with their silver sockets, sixteen sockets, two sockets, under one plank and two under another. Make crossbars of acacia wood, five for the planks of one side of the tabernacle. Five crossbars for the planks of the other side of the tabernacle and five crossbars for the plank at the side of the tabernacle at the rear toward the west. The middle crossbar halfway up the plank is to extend from end to end. Overlay the planks with gold, make gold rings for them through which the crossbars will pass, and overlay the crossbars with gold. You are to erect the tabernacle according to the design you have been shown on the mountain. You are to make a curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn of filing woven linen. Make it with proven worked ends that have been crafted by a skilled artesian. Hang it with gold hooks on four acacia wood posts overlaid with gold and standing in four silver sockets. Hang the curtain below the fasteners, then bring the art for the testimony inside the curtain. The curtain will be the divider for you between the holy place and especially the holy place. You are to put the ark covered on the ark for the testimony and the especially holy place. You are to put the table outside the curtain and the mineral opposite the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south. Put the table on the north side. For the entrance to the tent make a screen of blue, purple and scarlet yarn, finely woven linen. It should be in colours the work of a weaver. For the screen make five posts of acacia wood, overlay them with gold and cast for them five sockets of bronze. So that is my reading for that we've learned about the ark and its covering in the tent of uh, the tabernacles. So we'll go even further tomorrow. And now I go into the vocabulary. Give me one moment here. Our first word is Asheri, and it's an inhabitant of Asher. Our next word is Ashimah, and it's the deity of Hamath. Our next word is Ashish, and it means a ruined foundation. Our next word is Ashishah, and it means cake of raisins or other comfits. Our next word is Ashik, and it means to bunch together. Our next word is Eshkol. It means other fruit, grapes, bunch of grapes. Our next word is Ashkenaz. It means the Japhomet, it is a descendant of Ashkenaz. Our next word is Eshkar. It means gift or present. Our next word is Ashel. It means a Tamarisk tree. Our next word is Ashami, it means desolate, destroy, greatly be be greatly be greatly found, hold, guilty, offend. Our next word is Ashan, it means a fault. Our next word is Ashame, it means presenting. Our next word is Ashma, it means offend, sin, cause of trespass. Our next word is ash- ashman, it means field, desolate place. Our next word is Ashmereth. It means a night watch. Our next word is Ashnab, and it means window, lattice, casement. Our next word is Ashnab. Uh, instead of Ashnab, is Ashna, and it's the name of two places in Palestine. Our next word is Ishan, and it's a place in Palestine. Our next word is Asharf, and it's a conjurer, astrologer. Our next word is Ashpa, and it means a quiver, an arrow. Our next word is Eshpah, and it means portion, measured. All right, that is it for my vocabulary for today. Remember, you need to know these words in order to understand and interpret the Hebrew Bible. And... uh I'm going to go, you can go to, uh, so far the site is still up, goodhouse1968.net, and some of the words, uh, the spelling of them will be there. I'll list in the future as time goes on. All right, good, I petition you that you strengthen the brothers and sisters up, awaken their hearts to a new meaning, a new meaning of salvation, a new meaning of deliverance, and believing in good and doing righteousness and all the good things that their heart can conceive of. I pray that you open their eyes and guide them in the right direction and give them sustenance and enable them to be able to do good on a day-to-day basis. I pray this in the name of your son, Yeshua, good. Amen.